No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we will conclude the book of Lamentations as Jeremiah offers a prayer for God's remembrance of their plight and restoration of his people. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Lamentations 5 on Simply the Bible. When we began our study of Lamentations, I opened with this passage from Ecclesiastes. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. With a book entitled Lamentations, you've got to expect some mourning. And that is just what Jeremiah did. He observed the death of a nation and the destruction of Jerusalem. He wrote about the sorrow that this brought to him, seeing what was happening to his people. But even in sorrow, there is hope, for our God is the God of all comfort. He restores what has been devoured. And even in his chastening, he is working on behalf of his people. The way that sorrow is better than laughter is when it leads to a change of heart. The heart is made better when we return to the Lord. And that is the purpose of Lamentations. It shows us the grief that is caused by sin, but it also brings hope to those who turn to the Lord in the midst of their sins. We continue in Lamentations chapter 5. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us Look and behold our reproach. Our inheritance has been turned over to aliens and our houses to foreigners. We have become orphans and waifs. Our mothers are like widows. And so Jeremiah calls upon the Lord not to forget about them. Now, it wasn't that the Lord would forget because God could never forget. But Jeremiah wanted God to take notice and call to mind their plight. He said, our inheritance has been turned over to aliens. They had seen this inheritance that had been passed on to them from generation to generation. And that was a really big deal for those who lived in Israel. And now they had turned it over to foreigners. And they themselves had become fatherless, like orphans, like those who had no home. We pay for the water we drink and our wood comes at a price. They pursue at our heels. We labor and have no rest. So in this siege from Babylon, things had gotten so bad that they were now paying for their water. I think about that when we go get a case of water at the store. <laughs> we, we tend to do that quite a bit, but this was very unusual for them to pay for their water. And of course, they had so little resources by this point to pay for anything. They also had to pay for their wood that they would use to build fires to be able to cook their food. They pursue at our heels. We labor and have no rest. And so they were under constant threat of attack, like somebody who is running for their lives, always on the run and without any rest. They couldn't let their guard down. There was no peace. We have given our hand to the Egyptians and the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. Servants rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword 
in the wilderness. And so when this Babylonian threat began, the people there in Jerusalem, the kings and the elders began to seek to reach out first to the Assyrians uh, because they thought that the Assyrians were strong enough to help them against Babylon. But when that didn't work out, then they reached out to the Egyptians for help, but that didn't work out either. And so now they were saying, well, we're just bearing the iniquities of our fathers. In other words, it's not our fault. We are just paying the price for what our fathers did. And they complained about that. But Jeremiah had already corrected that kind of wrong thinking. In Jeremiah 31, 29, he said, in those days, they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. And so that had become sort of a proverb in that the people were saying that, look, it's all because of what our fathers have done that we are suffering the way we are. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. And so God wanted it to be made clear that people were suffering for their own sins. And yes, there were some consequences because of what their fathers had done. And God had decided that he was going to bring judgment, but they were not off the hook because it was their sins that they were disobeying God. God gave them plenty of opportunities to repent but they didn't repent, and so it was coming upon their own heads. And so they said, servants are ruling over us. King Nebuchadnezzar's servants now would rule over them, but uh, there was nobody to deliver them. And the only way they could get any bread was by risking their lives. That's how bad things got, especially during the famine of the siege. Our skin is hot as an oven, because of the fever of famine. Now, God had said that the judgment that he would bring upon them would be the sword, the famine, and the pestilence. And with the Babylonian siege, that brought the famine. We saw things were so bad that they were starving. And then the famine brought the fever, which was caused by a pestilence or plague or disease. So one problem led to another, and there was seemingly no relief in sight. They ravished the women in Zion, the maidens in the cities of Judah. Princes were hung up by their hands, and elders were not respected. Young men ground at the millstones. Boys staggered under loads of wood. The elders have ceased gathering at the gate, and the young men from their music. And so here Jeremiah is just mourning over all of these people that were harmed during this whole siege. The women were ravished when the Babylonians finally did come in. Women typically are the ones who suffer the most as they get raped by the men who come in that conquer. The princes were hung up by their hands, probably executed, and then hung up by their hands to be on display. Of course, they would be punished the most because they were the ones in charge and would not surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. The elders were disrespected. No longer was there respect for the elders. Of course, again, the elders gave wrong advice. They said to fight Nebuchadnezzar rather than surrendering to him, which was what Jeremiah had told them to do. The boys were staggering under loads of wood. Normally, these things would be handled by beasts of burden, but there probably were no more beasts of burden left. 
in that during the famine, they were probably eaten. The uh, elders no longer gathered at the gates, which was where the decisions would be made for the city. And the young men have turned from their music. Now, normally music would be something that people would engage in, in celebration and joy, but there was no joy left. The joy of our heart has ceased. Our dance has turned into mourning. And that is very sad when there's simply no joy left, no hope, nothing to celebrate. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our heart is faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. Because of Mount Zion, which is desolate, with foxes walking about on it. And so, you know, as Jeremiah was considering their history, uh, Jerusalem had been the capital city of Israel. David and Solomon had ruled from there, and they ruled over the surrounding nations. Those were the glory days of Israel, uh, but no more. Now the crown had fallen from their head because of their sin. Their heart was faint. They had no more courage left. You know, when you see absolutely no hope, you see no way out, all of that just simply leads to great discouragement. Our eyes grow dim because Mount Zion is desolate. The once brimming city was now emptied and would become a haunt for wild animals. The foxes, we are told here, were walking about on it. You, O Lord, remain forever, your throne from generation to generation. Why do you forget us forever and forsake us for so long a time? Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are very angry with us. And so Jeremiah realized that though Jerusalem was falling apart, being destroyed, the nation was dying, yet the Lord remained from forever, from generation to generation. And thus he said, why do you forget us forever and forsake us for so long a time? That's what it seemed like to Jeremiah, that you know they were being forgotten. But of course, they would not be forgotten. God cannot forget his people. And Isaiah said this in Isaiah 49, 15, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. So that wasn't true. God had not forgotten them, but he had brought judgment against them and they would be chastened for their disobedience and their idolatry. Now, he says, turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old. In my opinion, this is the theme verse for the entire book. It's the heart of it. Jeremiah was brokenhearted over everything he observed. The city he loved had fallen, and his people were taken away captive as slaves and nothing could be done to reverse the consequences of their sins but they could turn back to the lord and yet only the lord could turn their hearts back you know revival is so necessary but it is a sovereign work of god it is god that has to initiate that turning of the heart 
But revival also requires our willingness to change. In Psalm 80, verse 3, it says, Restore us, O God, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. And honestly, I believe this should be our prayer for our nation, for our churches, and yes, for ourselves as well. He said, Unless you have utterly rejected us and are very angry with us. And so it sort of ends in a somber note. That's the last verse of Lamentations. Unless you are angry with us and have utterly rejected us. But of course, that was not the case. It, it probably seemed that way to Jeremiah and to those who had observed this terrible judgment that came upon uh, Jerusalem with the destruction of the city and the destruction of the temple and the burning of the walls. Uh, And yet God would not forsake them. Why? Well, because he promises not to. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hey, if you feel like God is distant, just know that it's not God that has moved. We might have moved away from the Lord, but he will not move from us. And if we will come back to him, if we will renew our commitment toward him, then he will restore us. May God make it so. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will return to the book of 2 Chronicles, where the people of Judah destroy their idols and King Hezekiah wholeheartedly serves the Lord. This is the sure road to blessing. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.